1: faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius.
2: Now that we know that it was not, in fact, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, now that we know that Ukraine is not actually winning the war against Russia, it could be time to revisit some of the other slogans we've been assured are true and ordered to repeat. Are they, in fact, true? Did, for example, a racist white cop actually murder a man called george floyd a civil rights leader in minneapolis on memorial day of 2020. now we've been told that that happened told it relentlessly for more than three years so at this point we've been told it so much that pretty much everybody seems to believe it and because everyone does kind of believe it a small group of people has been allowed to make massive changes to american society they include but are not limited to decriminalizing stealing defunding the police Adding a new federal holiday to the calendar called Juneteenth, the ceasing of hiring all white men in corporate America. And of course, significantly, they also sent a cop called Derek Chauvin to prison for more than 40 years. He would be the racist white devil who murdered George Floyd. But the question is, did he actually murder George Floyd? And the answer is, well, no, he didn't murder George Floyd. And we're not guessing about that. We know it conclusively, thanks to a new court case now underway in Hennepin County, Minnesota. The case was brought by a prosecutor there called Amy Sweezy. She's suing her boss. So the case is not actually about George Floyd or Derek Chauvin, but it tells you an awful lot about both of them. In her deposition, which you should read, Amy Sweezy describes a conversation that she had with the county medical examiner, Andrew Baker, right after George Floyd died. Quote, I called Dr. Baker early that morning to tell him about the case and to ask him if he would perform the autopsy on Mr. Floyd. So he recalls all this under oath in the deposition, quote, he called me later in the day on that Tuesday, and he told me that there were no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There were no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. Oh. In other words, George Floyd, according to the official autopsy, was not murdered. He died instead of what we used to call natural causes, which in his case would include decades of drug use, as well as the fatal concentration of fentanyl that was in
0: his system on his final day. Wait, what? George Floyd? St. George? Wasn't murdered? Derek Chauvin? Didn't kill him? Yup. And that's not new news to longtime listeners of the Battleground America podcast. I documented it exhaustively, line by line, with the autopsy back at the time. So what's changed here? Everything. The autopsy of George Floyd, you know, the guy who you saw under that cop's knee, the knee to the neck, looked bad. I'll get to that in a minute. That George Floyd. His autopsy reports always showed that he had three times the amount of fentanyl and meth in his system that would cause you to die. His autopsy has always showed that his lungs were full of fluid when he died and weighed a couple times what they should have, a classic situation generated by an overdose, which is what killed him. So again, what's new? What we have now but didn't have before is an absolute bombshell of a piece of evidence that came from a major screw-up by the prosecutor's office. Here's what happened. There was a prosecutor by the name of Amy Sweezy. She made a phone call to the county medical examiner of Hennepin County, a Dr. Andrew Baker, one terrified white guy, it turns out. I'll tell you why in a minute. She had asked him to do the autopsy. He calls her back. There's no attorney present, just the prosecutor, Another prosecutor and the medical examiner. When the medical examiner flat out tells the prosecutor, Amy Sweezy, that according to Sweezy's sworn testimony, he called me later in the day on Tuesday and told me that there was no medical findings that showed any injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There's no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. He said to me, Amy, what happens when the actual evidence? doesn't match up with the public narrative that everyone's already decided on. And then he said, this is the kind of case that ends careers. He was scared to death, and he should have been. Because at that point in Minneapolis, those extremely peaceful protesters had already burned square miles worth of city blocks. People had died at the protest. They were violent. And Dr. Baker was terrified. In this conversation, which was never relayed to the jury, he's pretty much asking the prosecutor, Amy, what happens when I tell the world there wasn't a murder here? There's no injury to the vital structures of Mr. Floyd's neck. There's no medical indications of asphyxia or strangulation. What happens, Amy? Why is he so afraid? Well, he's afraid that the prosecution team which has already given these inflammatory interviews to the media, is going to turn on him, that he is going to be dubbed as a racist. This conversation was never supposed to reach your ears. It was never supposed to see the light of day. And it was definitely never supposed to be used in court. And it wasn't. It could have changed everything. Here's why. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. didn't realize that by saying this, essentially turning to Amy Sweezy and saying, what do I, what do, I do? I don't have any indication of strangulation or asphyxia or that, uh, you know, Sergeant Chauvin did anything wrong. When he told the prosecutor that, he made her the one thing a prosecutor never wants to be in the case they're prosecuting, a key witness, a person who could have and should have been called by the defense to testify before the jury. That this medical examiner couldn't find any evidence of murder. You were never supposed to know any of this. Then the jury in the case never heard it. The only reason you know about it now is because of the fallout between Amy Sweezy, who was supposed to prosecute Derek Chauvin, and her boss, County Attorney Mike Freeman. Freeman was outraged, or rather enraged. He had envisioned himself getting national worldwide attention for trying Derek Chauvin, he was going to lead the charge in the courtroom. Mike Freeman had political ambitions. And Amy Sweezy screwed it up the minute she reported to him that they had a problem, that they just had a conversation uh, with the medical examiner in which he basically said, there's no asphyxiation, there's no strangulation. In other words, Chauvin didn't do it. Again, it put everyone, including Freeman, In an impossible position, because if the defense found out about the conversation, the prosecutors in the case could be called to testify for the defense. And the bottom line is, damn it, they should have been. Because that same medical examiner during the trial and their office would later equivocate. Well, might have contributed to the blah, blah. That's not what he told the prosecutors. And so the jury never heard it. We'd never know about it if it wasn't for the ongoing rage of Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman, who was so enraged at Sweezy and three other prosecutors, they were the three who were supposed to prosecute the police officers who were there on the scene, but all three of them refused to, withdrew from the case due to, quote, professionalism and ethical issues, um, after we can only assume they learned there was no actual murder here. So what was supposed to be Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman's moment in the sun. The launch of his political campaign spun out of control into disaster. And he retaliated against Sweezy and the other attorneys who dashed his hopes at the case of his lifetime. Including sexual harassment that was allowed to go on against Sweezy. So Sweezy files a complaint with the Human Rights Commission. Sues him. She ultimately wins $190,000. And she gets to still work in the office, but not answer to Mike Freeman. In the meantime, they all allow Chauvin to get put away for 40 years and rot in prison. Because here's the really weird thing that happened after that. The judge in the case ultimately clearly had heard about this mess and removed all of the attorneys, Sweezy, Freeman, and the rest from the case. It was actually part of the first, one of the first court hearings In the case, and the judge removed them because they had interviewed the county medical examiner without an attorney present. But the jury didn't hear what the medical examiner said. At the same time, conveniently for the Democrat Party, out of nowhere... Keith Ellison, yeah, that hateful Marxist who unfortunately also happens to be the attorney general of the state of Minnesota and the deputy director of the Democrat National Committee from 2017 to 2018, his office swoops in, picks up the case, prosecutes Chauvin. Want to stop right here just for a minute to thank the sponsor of this podcast, PhD Weight Loss. One of my favorite things about PhD Weight Loss is the Cool side effects you get that you weren't expecting. I just spent four days hiking with my family in Shenandoah Valley. Normally, by the end of that, my knees would be a mess. It'd take weeks to recover. Well, I don't even take my joint medication anymore. I hiked for four days and went home without a single twinge. Why? Because the joint pain I thought ran in my family was just that I had an extra 30 pounds on those joints on a 5'2 body. PhD eliminated those pounds for me. They can do it for you. I struggled for years. I live a healthy lifestyle. I even work out and I couldn't get the extra weight off. I thought I was stuck with it until I tried PhD. So what could they do for you? And you can do it no matter where you are. There's somebody doing it in all 50 states on the PhD Weight Loss Home Plan. To find out more, go to myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. It could change your life. Now back to the podcast podcast. And the jury is never any the wiser about the conversation until Amy Sweezy wins $190,000 in a judgment for harassment against her boss. She feels her rights are still being violated, um, a violation of the agreement. So she hauls them all back to court when she testifies about what the medical examiner ultimately said, which ultimately means that there's an innocent man, Derek Chauvin, serving time in prison for a non murder a non-murder that's been used to justify depolicing, decriminalization in the virtual, well, legalization of theft in states like California and Washington. Now, let's not forget the actual purpose of all of these lies about George Floyd. In the 2020 election, black male voters in particular were defecting to Donald Trump. In the final tally, he picked up a record 20% of the black male vote would have showed up on the Democrats radar way before that they knew they were in trouble they've got to get just over 90 percent of the black vote to win so somebody had to go down that somebody it turns out was the awful evil racist Derek Chauvin but wait if you didn't listen to my earlier podcasts on this which are my most listened to still of all time you're probably wondering but wait 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 though I saw that evil racist cop on video Put his knee on that man's throat. I detailed that exhaustively at the time, but I want to explain it again. What you saw was actually what Chauvin was trained to do. And not just Chauvin, officers around the country, including my local police department here in Greenville County, South Carolina, which used the technique right up until the week that George Floyd died of a drug overdose. It's not surprising Chauvin was using it because you're supposed to use it during drug overdoses. See, what had happened was that for years, police officers were cuffing people's hands behind their back, many of them high on drugs or very, very drunk. And what would happen was they'd overdose, they'd throw up. Well, if you're lying face down, your hands are behind your back um, and you're ODing, what happens when you throw up? You inhale it. You aspirate. Or you don't throw up, but your face is flat down on the uh, grass or the concrete and you suffocate. It had killed a lot of people and a lot of cases resulted from it, civil cases, which the defendants want. So police departments all over the country started doing something different. They would put these people on their side When they were overdosing, uh, you know, really drunk, in danger of, you know, dying in that way. But as much as they flop around, they're very hard to control and could just as easily end up back on their face again. How do you safely hold them in place given the tremendous amount of power and strength they have when they're overdosing? You put your knee on their neck. There's even a training slide from the Minneapolis PD training protocol showing exactly what Chauvin did. That's why so much was made at trial of how long Chauvin left his knee there. But you're supposed to do it throughout the drug overdose. It didn't matter. It was a blue jury. Chauvin was done before he even got started. But it might have helped if people had known how unequivocal the medical examiner was that there was no asphyxiation or strangulation. If the whole thing had been properly explained to the jury, they would have known when you put your knee that way, um, it only blocks half the breathing airway. The other half is wide open. That's why there was no strangulation and no asphyxiation. The whole narrative, including the supposedly vile racism it demonstrated, was fake, That's are most things, most major narratives these days from the left and left-wing media. Now that this deposition is out in Minnesota which is a post-American, post-constitutional blue justice system. It's going to be interesting to see if Chauvin can get justice now. Withholding evidence is illegal in that state, and that jury should have seen it. But you're going to have to get that past left-wing judges. And look, they're always able to get these cases in front of left-wing judges. I suspect Chauvin will eventually get justice. It's probably just going to take him a long time, given that he's in a blue justice system. In the meantime, expect the media to black this out. Bury this. They've got way too much invested in the lie to let the truth be told.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.